0: All right, here we go. So we start a brand new parak. We're up to the eighth parak, parak shmini of the ha'elgam b'sachas klubas Staf ayin ches, amud aleph seventy eight a. Learning should be the zeichenishmas reb. Five on Moshe, then Yosef Yitzchak Kalevi. Yosef Yitzchak All right, Nishama Shach Naliya, family Shem and All right, beautiful. Here we go. So this daf is going to focus on a lot of financial arrangements within a marriage. All right, now we we were introduced previously in ksubis to two types of financial arrangements that start out in addition to a ksuba when a woman brings something into a marriage. So one type of property that a woman could bring into a marriage is something called nichsei melug. Another type of property that a woman could bring into a marriage is nichsei tzon barzel. Nichsei melug and nichsei tzon barzel. Now the difference between nichsei melug and nichsei tzon barzel is as follows. By nichsei tzon barzel, so they write the value that the wife brings into the marriage in the ksuba. So she's coming into the marriage with a value of $500,000 $500,000 They write into the ksuba That the husband's Going to have use Over this $500,000 And including in the Kshuba Whenever the time Comes for the Collected She'll get the money Back But it's that Same value You're not going to go, It's not going to Go up It's not going to Go down Nuchseh Melug Is not about the Value It's about the Actual thing Where it's, it remains Hers throughout The husband has The right to use the, the produce Okay So here we go Let's pick up With our Mission You have a woman who inherited property before she got married. Before any man put a ring on her finger. Both will be in agreement. They both admit. That's what it literally means. She could sell this land. Or give it away as a gift. And that works. It works. works. There's no issue. You know why? Because it's hers. It's hers. She could do what she wants with it. Okay. Now This is There's no question about it being hers Why? She wasn't married yet So she had absolute Complete ownership Fine It seems by the way Just look at the diok As we're going to see later on The diok is What happens if it falls to her After she's married It seems there's going to be A different conversation If she inherits something After Arison, Something's going to change That's what it seems It's only before Erison Where everybody's in agreement Okay Let's keep going. Which is what we just explained. Let's say now she has arisen and then she inherits. Beishamay Imrim Timkar. shami says it's totally hers, as if she wasn't married. So you can't. But even Hilla, who says you're not supposed to sell it, will agree that if she does, it's a valid sale. She wasn't allowed to, but if she did, it's valid. Okay. Amr Av Yehuda, says one second. Amruh Once he acquired the woman by putting a ring on her finger. doesn't he also get the property that comes to her in marriage? Right? The assumption here is that the same way uh, you know, if a woman comes into marriage with something, with as we explained, malug, he has an element of control over it. Now, if a woman comes in with malug, she can't sell it during the marriage. Because the husband has rights to use the produce. So we're saying over here as well, I understand. If something's falling to her within the marriage, why can't the husband stop that from being sold? So, so uh, the, the Rebbe Gamliel responded to the Chum, Allah he says, I don't understand something. What's your question? You want to talk about a case of Nixay Malug where she wasn't yet married. She's coming into the marriage with this property. That itself is a major Kiddush. And you're going to go ahead and talk about uh, something that, that is old. Meaning, perhaps there is a broad difference between property that she had prior to the marriage that she's coming in with and property that falls to her within the marriage. Okay. So, so far, what we have is like this. What do we have so far before we keep going? There's going to be a lot of, a, a lot of cases in our Mishnah. Oh. All right. So, let's give a quick overview of what we learned so far. Case one of the Mishnah was, you have a woman. She comes into marriage um, with property. She could do whatever she wants. It's going to be valid. What happens if she inherits property after Arison? We have a Makhleikas. Okay. And we explained that there should be a difference, perhaps. Why would there be a different halacha between if she had it before or had it during? Because once before, once there. Okay, and we'll see soon why that matters. Let's keep going. What happens she inherits property after nisuin? So it wasn't only after erisin. She, she had already moved in with her husband. Everybody will agree. She'imachra Nasna. She sells this property or gives it away as a present, Shahabal the husband could take it away from whoever has it. Why? Because it's considered nichse malug, it's considered malug property, and since the husband has a right to make use of this property to use for to, to gain from the produce, she cannot go ahead and sell it when it's going to financially impact him. All right. So after Nisuin If he wants He can go and get the property back Get the fields back Okay I have rights to the produce You can't go ahead and, and uh, sell it to somebody He's not going to give me those rights Fine. Let's say She didn't have Nisuin yet Now we don't know what stage she was in But all we know is She didn't have Nisuin Rabbi Gamliel, Oimer, Rabbi Gamliel says, Im machra kaya. Okay. If she inherited before Nisuin, Rabbi Gamliel says, If she sells it or gives it away, that's fine. Now, isn't this a case that we had before? Yeah, Very good. Good. Hold your phone. I got a new expression now, Rabbi Yoshchaych. we got to hold our phone. Very good. But let's look at his expression. It is a different way of writing it. See, before we said, Naflu la Mishanes Arsa. Right? There was Erison that wasn't yet Nesuwan. Over here we're saying, Ad Shalai Nises Ben She inherited the property before becoming a nasua and then she becomes a nasua. We'll see what changed. So everything says, then it's going to be valid, because she got it at the... T- <laughs> Everybody's picking up their phones. Good. All right. All right. <laughs> Amr al-Rafkhani ibn al-Kabiyo, oh ibn al said, "Amr ibn Gamliyo, Rabi Gamliyo said, "Hayy wa zakhab isha." Since he was zaigha in this woman, he acquired this woman. Hayy wa zakhab isha, la yaskabna Shouldn't he also acquire the property? Amr lahab said, "Ala khadashum al-bayshim, Allah shatmagalgham allahu hayyishana." Same response. Same response that we're going to say there's a difference when there is a Um, a new case, a new property that came about after the Nesuin. We're not sure why we said that if she sells them, the husband could take it back. And you want to know about old properties? You want to know uh, the properties that she sold already previously? There's enough Gamina. Now, says the Mishnah, Rav Shimon says there's going to be a discrepancy, there's going to be a Chiluk, a difference, between some type of Nechassim and other type of Nechassim. What do you mean? He says, it's also going to depend on the type of property that she sold. Why? Says the Mishnah. Nechassim, how you do him If there's any property that the husband knows about. Now if he knows about it, that means he's relying on it to get, get the produce. Lai Simkar, she cannot sell it. The if she does sell it or give it away Bottle, it's, it's null and void it's not valid why? Um, why? because again it's financially impacting the husband you on the ball. but any property that wasn't put up front you know she had it before the marriage and it wasn't put up front to the husband you didn't know about it she shouldn't sell it if she does sell it or she gives it away then it's going to uh, be valid okay He wouldn't have gained if it came to her before. Before Iris. Before or before Nassau. Before Nassau. Right. Okay. Fine. So, fascinating Mishnah with a lot that needs to be clarified. A lot that needs to be clarified. Both as far as what is the psaq and as far as a lot of the grammar within the Mishnah. Some things were written in a very unique fashion. And we, as we know, when a Mishnah is written, that where a, a phrase is given over in a unique fashion, there's a rhyme and a reason for it. So here we go. Says the Gemara. Why is it that if a woman inherits land before Erison, everybody agrees if she sells, it's okay. Yet, when we said right after that, that if already had Erison, they argue, what changed? What changed? What's the difference if she got it before Erison? Or after Areson. All right. Isn't that an obvious question? Obvious answer? What's the obvious answer? The husband, he's marrying her because he wants, I mean, its not necessarily why he's marrying her, but he, the property is part of the package. How do you know? How do you know the property is part of the package? Maybe she's not bringing that into the marriage at all. Okay. We don't know? All right. So Amar Rabi Anayi, the uh, Debei Rabi Anayi, looked at the Yeshiva Rabbi Anayi, Resha Naflu. In the Resha, she got it, bizhusa in her own schos. Now this doesn't mean merits, you know, we're coming up in Rosh we're looking for schus, right? Bizhusa means she was on her own. Seifa B'zchusai Naflu. But in the Seifa, when she already had Arisen, Sena was already schusai. What's schusai? He had acquired her. Since he acquires her, something that comes to her after an acquisition of her rights, he has a role in as well. He also has some sort of hand in. Okay. <laughs> Says the Gemara, one second. If it, she inherited it after So why do we say if she does sell it, it's valid? What right does she have to do that? It's Answers the Gemara, right. Allah, Reisha, Vadei, The first case, certainly on her own. She didn't have Erison yet. Seifa, if she, in the Seifa, the case where she already had Erison, aymar mm-hmm. B'shusa, aymar B'shusa. You could say, it's either or. Okay, now what do you mean either or? Either or means, she's kind of um, on the fence between being single and being Nisuan, and having Nisuan. Now, if it would fall to her after Nisuan, everybody would be in agreement that she cannot sell those fields. But Arisen, we're kind of viewing it like a double, we're, we're dancing at two chasnas. Beinash, <laughs> beautiful. Beinash <laughs> Right? This is in between shkia and Seisakachavim, so to speak. That's a good analogy. So we could say it's uh, either one. And therefore, the Chachil Lai does she have a hand in this? Does she have ownership? Yeah, but so does he. So le don't sell it. Vimachra asna, Kayim. But if she did sell it, it's going to be valid. Because the bottom line is, she had an ownership over that property. Beautiful. Um, Amr of Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says, Amr lefrayi gamil. They said in front of Reb Gomil. Ibalud asked the question, searching for information. Reb Yehuda, a lechatchila oi Where Reb Yehuda uh, says that this whole thing that they argued for Reb Gamil Is he going on lechatchila? Or is he talking about b'dyavid? Okay, In other words, Reb Yehuda gave us a halacha where... Um, according to Beis Hillel, Lechatchila you shouldn't sell, but the Bediyeved you could sell, which part are we coming to argue on? Says the Gemara, Toshma, come and listen, we learned in a Brai, no, top of Omad Beis. Amar Rabiudah says, Amar Lufnei Rebbe Gamliel, they said in front of Rebbe Gamliel, vizu ishtai vizu ishtai. since whether you marry a woman with a ring on her finger, or whether you already uh, took a woman in, E- in either way, either way, there is she's his wife, the same way in one case, we're going to say, the sale is bottle, what does that mean? Sorry, sale is bottle, so too by Erison, we'll say, it's bottle, it's not a valid sale, he says, no, 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 on new properties, that she gets, meaning, after Nesuin, you should know, onubayshu means, we're kind of embarrassed to not fully know the reason why this is totally, why, why the husband has rights over here. And you want to be nervous about a property that was only during Erison? I see from over here that Rebuhuda Yehuda is only coming to focus on the Bidi Evan. Okay? On this is Taka, this is Taka, his problem. But not on the L'Chathila side of things. Okay? Tanya with in Nebraisa, Amra Khananib and Akavya, Lai Kach Hashim Ragmiel Chum. not what Ragmiel said back, Lachacham. Ella, rather, Kach There's a different way that he responded. And he said like this Lai Emma Martin granted, you're going to say, by a Nesua when she inherits it as a Nesua, Shekin Bala Zakabim Tiosa, the same way a husband is entitled to a woman's findings after Nesuin. For as we learned earlier, This is exchange for food. You're going to There's a big difference between something that there You know why? Because something falster as The husband doesn't get it. It's like a lost object, perhaps. Husbands get lost objects during uh, you know that you find. It just comes to you during erisin. Now, why are we comparing a? A uh, inheritance to a lost object because it came without any effort; it just happened, right? It's just it's falling to. her. Amrulai, they said to Rebbe. Machra la ad That's all good and dandy when she sold it before Nisuan during erison. We understand it falls during erison But niseis. But let's say she would first had the biachakach machra mahu. See, here's the case. Ready? It fell to her as erison. Then they had Nisuan and now she's selling it. Amar He says, That's also going to be a valid gift and sale. You understand the three different stages that are happening here? Listen closely. During Arisen, she inherited. So when did she find this lost object, quote-unquote, after Arisen? So the husband's not entitled to it. Then she gets married with Nesuin. After the Nesuin, she sells it. That's where we say, Mukhraikayam in such a case, even though she's selling it after Nasun, it's still gonna be valid. Amrullah, they said to them, I don't understand. once he acquired the woman with even Nisuan, like Yisqa bin Hassim, doesn't he also get her uh nachasim, doesn't he also get her property? Meaning should be considered Nuksayim along this. Should be considered Nuksaim Alug. Um Amalam, to which he responds, Alakadashim Anubhishim, even after if she inherited after Nasuan, we're not sure why we're taking away her yad completely. So in this case, certainly we should be lenient, because it, it came to her after Arison She certainly had a Yad in uh, in ownership of it prior, and therefore it should be okay. Says the Gemara, and therefore it should be okay. It should be a valid sale. Says the Gemara. One second, go ahead. If she acquired it after Eirson, yeah. How can we take it away? How can we take it away? We're going to say like, uh, so we're not going to take it. We're not. We're not taking the field away. But what we're saying is like this: if she if she inherited a field during erison, then had Nisuin and sold it, the, after Nisuin, the thought would be it should be like nichse malug. It should be like malug property that when a woman comes into a marriage with malug property. Granted, it remains hers, but she's not allowed to sell it because the husband could use the produce. So, too, over here, if she's selling it after the Nasuin, let's consider it Malug property. She inherited it after Arison. Fine. Let's consider it Malug property once she has Nisuin. And now when she wants to sell it, let the husband go and take it back from the buyer and say, Hey, my wife wasn't allowed to sell that to you. I want to get some uh, fruits from that land. That's what we wanted to say. You hear that Svara? Go ahead. I that the basic halacha is that It's hers. Right, it's hers, but the husband gets the produce during the marriage. So she's not allowed to sell Nikhse Malug. She retains ownership. The difference between nixei Malug and nixei Tzom Barzel is that when a husband agrees to bring the Nechzei Tson Barzel into the marriage, into the, the financial prenup, right, the Ksuba that they're writing, if it's Tson Barzel, he's guaranteeing back the value that she's bringing in. So if she brings in land that's worth a half a million dollars, and then at the time of divorce or his death, the land was worth $350,000, the estate of the husband has to make up one hundred fifty grand Because it came in as nichsai tzom barzel. And therefore you guaranteed the value. Niksay Malug is when you're not guaranteeing the value, but you're giving the land itself back. If it goes down in value, it goes down in value. It goes up in value, it goes up in value. You're getting back whatever you brought in. Either way, because the husband takes on the, the, the rights to the fruits to the produce, she doesn't, she can't sell it during the marriage without the husband's consent. Okay? Says the Gemara, we learned in the Mishnah, actually, nises, nises, if let's say, she inherited the property prior to becoming an asua and then she became a asua, that was the last case, so we're like, hey, didn't we have this case already? is going to be a valid sale. Now, it says, if she were to sell it, now, if she were to sell it, means It's not. Uh, it's not ideal. I'm Azvid We should learn No, if she sells it, not if. When she sells it or gives it away as a present, that's going to be valid. Okay, so Rav Zid has a different way to read the Mishnah, and according to him, it all works out. Rav Papa, is going to say like gosh I'll tell you another answer. I'll leave with the how Rabbi Chana ben Akavia aliba the once following Rabbi Yehuda aliba the and that's going to be b'di'evet. Rabbi Yehuda is what he says that b'di'evet it's a valid sale. Another one is is Chanina uh, ben Akavia who holds that even lechatchila it would be valid. Says Gemara Rabbi Chanina Rabbi Chanina ben Akaviy Are you going to tell me that Chanina ben Akavia holds like beishamai? If you look back at our Mishnah, what did we learn on Amudal? At getting in the parak, beishamai says even lechatchila you're allowed to sell. And Rabbi Yehuda was the one who says b'di'evet. Why would a hold like says, This is what he means to say. Not that I'm passing like Beshamai, but he says he holds that Beshamai uh, even don't argue under this circumstance. He'll hold that they, uh, they actually agree. Anytime you have a woman who's married, it doesn't matter what stage of marriage she's in, it makes no difference whether she's in a it makes no difference whether she's in a suah. She can sell any property that she had prior to the that's, Han- that's Hanina ben Akavya's take on both Beisham opinions. So her question was, Ah, you hold like Beisham? He says, no, Beisham will agree to that. Beisham's going to agree. anytime time a woman inherited something prior to Nesuan, she could Lichatchila sell it after. He holds it for opinion. Yeah, it's considered. Husband, so that means the husband... Well, no, no, it's not. No, because you're allowed to Lichatchila sell it after. It's not. So what's the... Why she is it inher- not part of Nech she, she inherited it before she got married. She inherited it during Aresin. Oh, during Aresin. Okay, yeah. Fine. Okay, sorry. I, I missed that. Sorry. Yeah, during, before Nesun. Okay. 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 So, um, any property she if she gets prior to Nesun, she's allowed to sell. Whether she inherited the property before Aresin. So she was single. No problem. She inherited the property after Aresin, the Nises, and then... She not only has erison, she also has nesuin. The husband can nullify the sale and take it back from the buyers. Now keep in mind, of course, he has to give them back their money, right? They're going to just, the whole thing becomes null and void. He to come on, who's that following? That's not going like anybody. Because he says, uh, he, he says that, you, you know, even with the evidence it's not going to work. The husband can go, take it away. Even Bediya, but it's not uh, doesn't stay. It says the Gemara, That Rab and Shmuel hold like Rabbi Senu. Who's Rabbi Senu? What is that teaching of Rabi Seinu? that after the times of our Mishnah, the Chachamim gathered together and they took a vote. And they decided, The halach has got to be, whether the land felt or before Eresen, whether it came through after Arison. either way, there's no Nesu'in yet. As long as the land was inherited prior to Nesu'in, and then Venissei, she becomes a Nesuah. Habal miyad If she okay? sold it after Nisuin. yes, as long as any time she sells it after Nesu'in, the husband has a right to go and take it back. So that's says the Gemara is explaining that you know, before we quoted Rabbi Shmuel, he said, oh, who are they passing like? They, they say the husband, even B'di Yavid, is no good. Who are they following? They're not following Rabbi Huda, they're not following Yavchanina Ben Akavya, who are the Rabbi Shmuel following? Says the Gemara, you're right, neither. But you know what they're following? The halacha. Because the practical halacha is like neither, the Chacham ultimately came out and said that even after B'di Yavid, even B'di Yavid, even once it's done, the husband can go ahead and take uh, properties any property that was sold after Nisuan. What happens if she first inherited the property after Nisuan? Then we said, everybody agrees that what? The husband can nullify the sale. It only fell to her after a full-fledged marriage. The husband can nullify it. It says, Usha. Lema should we say tanina litakanas usha that this whole halacha of a of property falling to a woman that the husband can nullify it is from takanas usha. Okay, takanas usha is the decree that was made in usha. That's where the the went to. That Busha Heskinu um uh the Rabi Rabekino. But Rebecan said, what's this Takana usha? Bausha Heskinu in Usha the Khamir Takana. What was the decree? Ha Isha Shemukra Benikse Malug, a woman who sells Nikse Melug, Malug property that's written into their their uh, marriage contract, written into their Ksuba. Bakay Bala, while her husband is alive, Umesa, and she dies, Haba mitesim Yarlakukis. The husband can take it away from the l'kuches. Okay? So that was the decree in Usha. That's it. Now what's interesting is as follows. Here's the Kiddush. Usually a husband inherits the wife after she passes away. What's unique is she sold it during her lifetime. She died. So the husband inherits her. The fact that the husband is inheriting her Allows him to to go and uh, nullify the sale and say, "Hey, it was mine all along." Why? Because takanas usha. Because when takanas usha, it was a decree that the rabbanan made in usha. That's why he gets the property. This should bother us. Why? Because Good. What's the question? If she sells it and she's still alive, the husband. Very good. So, this is the Gemara's question. The Gemara's saying, you don't need a te- We made a decree in Usha that if a woman who's a nesua sells her property and then dies, the husband inherits a whole Kiddush, a whole novel idea, so he could nullify the sale one second, even if she didn't kick the bucket. Anytime a woman sells, according to what we're saying, anytime a, a woman sells property after Nasuin, the husband could go and nullify it. We don't need to make a decree in Usha. In fact, That's days. the halacha. Even as a great, I mean, with a, with this takana is less needed. because... It's less needed, right. If you could take it when she's alive, very good. Says the Gemara, Masnisen Bechayeho Uliperes. This is beautiful. Our Mish is dealing with while she's alive, and it's referring to his rights to take back the fruits of the field. Takanas Usha Begufa Shalkarka misa. Beautiful. It says the Gemara like this When we said that the husband could go. Nullify the sale It doesn't mean that the sale is really nullified What happens is like this A woman after Nesuin Sells her Malug property Okay, She sells property We said That the husband can go take it You know what that means? These people still own The land Because she sold her ownership to them But she can't sell Her husband's rights to the produce so, yes, she sold the field, but the husband could walk over to these buyers and say, nice, it's your field, but it ain't your fruit. The fruit is still mine. Why would they what? Why would they buy the field if they can't benefit? Oh, okay, because maybe they want to they, they own the, the actual field. In case he dies. First. Yeah, let's say he dies first or even after he dies. So no why no why? one's going to inherit his rights to the produce. This is like buying, uh, buying off a of life insurance or something. Okay, but Takaras Usha said that no, 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 no. When a woman sells the field, the wholesale is not valid from the get-go. That's the difference between what we thought initially, the original understanding, and what we're ultimately pascaning. Is that the the uh, even the property, not only the pro- not only the fruit, not only the produce, is the the wholesale is going to be nullified? Okay, beautiful. Next part of the Mishnah. We learned, Reb Shimon nechosim, Reb, uh, Reb says there's a difference between nechosim that is yaduah lebal, I believe that was the, the expression, right? Property that's known to the husband, and property the yeah, lebal, and property that's ainon yaduah lebal. Says it depends if the husband knew about the property. Now what's going on over here? Says the Gemara, elohein yaduah, ve elohein shehen What does it mean that... Um, Fields that he knew about or fields that he did not know about. Omar says, You're mikarkoi. Known fields, known property is real estate. That's what means known. So if it's any sort of real estate, he could nullify it. She ain't you doin' If it's not known, that is metalin, Movable objects. Okay? Movable objects can move uh, from. from uh, Person to person You never really know Who owns it And this continues Besides for in St. Louis County This continues ad Until today You have land What happens? You have a deed On the land If you have a car For some reason in our county There's property tax On your car I don't know Maybe there's a, maybe it's a lot very of, lot of places Maybe it's very common now Right? Not in Texas But, but not in Texas. <laughs> Nothing's big in Texas. Everything. Uh, none, none of the taxes are big in Texas. Right. Everything's big besides for the taxes in Texas. All right. So be it as it may, you don't really know, you don't always know for sure who the owner is. Right? And therefore, if she sells these things, no fine. Rabbi no, 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 no. Both movable uh, property and Karka, both of these are considered yidun. What's considered not known? When she owns property overseas. Okay. Now, the difference over here is very simple. When a, this is kind of Rabbi Rabinsky touched on this earlier when we were going through the Mishnah. If a husband knows that there's property in her ownership, so he assumes some sort of access to that property. However, if there's a property that is overseas, you can't know everything that's in existence, and therefore, he if his mind is not on it. So, if she sells it, it's fine. There's no issue whatsoever. This, by the way, is very, 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 very deep, and has a lot to do with with the underlying reality of halachic financial ownership. It's all about the mind. It's all about Das. You have to know about it. You can't have your right this Das, Yishmita, right? When you abandon something and you give up on it, you don't own it anymore. It's now Hefker, it's now ownerless. So it's complete, unconscious to the reality that these properties exist. If she sells it, it's going to be valid. Tani we learned in a Brysa similarly. Elohen Jain what's Kazirinia doing? Koshi, a Shepherd's Khan, and Dina Sayyam. She lives here but there's property that she inherits elsewhere. Hey, so there was a woman, buy. She wanted the tavre the She wanted the tavrekhinu to run away her nechasim from her husband. Yeah? She didn't want her husband to really know about uh, all the things that she owned. For whatever reason, she wanted him, she wanted him to marry her for her, not for the money. Or she felt that, you know, he's a nice guy, but I can't trust him with my property. Or whatever it is. So she didn't want her husband to know anything about the properties that she owned. So this is what she did. She gave ownership over to her daughter. Apparently she had been married previously. So now she didn't own it. It all belonged, uh, it all belonged to her daughter. It was a present. What happened? In Siva, she got married. And she was divorced. So it turns out it was a good move. Not to uh, let this guy have anything to do with her property Top of tomorrow's daf And she came in front of Rav Nachman Why? Rashi says Yeah, She wanted to claim Back from her daughter To give her her property And Rav Nachman Tore up the shtar Rav Nachman said No, opposite He tore up the shtar The, the whole proof that the daughter had That it was hers was the star. That was the whole proof. Rav Nachman went ahead and he tore it up. He tore it up. Why did he tear it up? Because he said, Rav Nachman realized, it wasn't a real gift. It was a real gift. We, we, maybe they knew who the husband was, they knew he was a scoundrel, they knew whatever it was. He realized the whole thing was just a way to make the property be considered like it is Medina Sayyam. Now this bothers you, because I'll I'll, I'll, piece what should it be? Tear it up and say to the mother, tough luck. Right. You gave it to your daughter. It either well, works or it doesn't life. work. It's Chevrolet. Yeah, eh, that's no, true. Right. Whatever. It doesn't work. You can't do that. You can't You can dance that to uh, eat your right. cake and eat it too. Even though I don't know why you don't cake then. But that's what they say. I'm not sure who who owns cake and doesn't eat it. But be it as it may. She never said that, by the way. Huh? She never. Who's she? Marie Antoinette. Uh, I know. She never friend. said, let them eat cake. Okay. That's why they didn't uh, eat it. And that's where the- Take me, All right, remarkable. let's let's just ask this question, and then we'll, we'll clarify, and then we'll we'll hold it here for today. So, also Ravanna came to Marukva. Ravanna came from the Marukva, um, and Amarle said to him, "Chazim Mar Nachman Nachman is just going ahead and tearing up people's shtaris. This doesn't make any sense. She wrote a document. It was valid, notarized, everything. What's he doing?" Marukva, you gotta stop this. Omar Ley, Marukva said, Emily, Emily, easy. Tell me, easy. It's, a, I think, an expression of asking. The, 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 the body of the matter, what happened? What was the reality? Omar Ley, this is the story. Omar Ley, Marukva said, Shtar Mavrachas Ka you want to be nervous about a star mavrachas? Remember, that's what we called it. A star that's like you're running away property from the husband. No. I am a paisik. I am a Maira Hirah, And I'm the chief rabbi over here. If one of these types of shtarists to keep property away from a husband comes to me, I will go ahead and tear it up. All right. We'll hold it here. Tomorrow we'll find out why. All we see is, is that Rav Nachman has precedent for why he tore it up. Bez Hashem, tomorrow we'll pick up with the next step which is going to explain why you can actually dance at Tuchas. Why you, a woman could write this document, keep it away from her husband, and then have the right to take it back from her daughter. Have a wonderful, wonderful Erev Shabbos. Bez Hashem, tomorrow morning, daf at 9.15 a.m. 9.15 a.m. on Friday. Have a... Wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody.